Hello and what's up, hello little gold peeps. I'm Alf Kapoor and I welcome you guys back to the Geopolitical for the 15th of episode. Today we're going to be talking about Pearl Harbor for also the fifth part of my World War II series. Um, let's jump right into it and talk about Pearl Harbor. For more context of the current situation, you can watch my World War One, my World War Two episodes, part one through four, on the geopolitical. But for a short, um, what's going on right now? The Japanese want to expire their um sphere of influence and will and colonize more of the world, and they also want more free natural resources because the Japan. Currently, mainland Japan doesn't have that many, um, that much natural resources. So they're trying to kind of go around and invade a bunch of the of South Asia, Southeast Asia, and the Southern Oce- Asian islands and Oceanian islands in the Pacific, to, um, to get to gain more control over that area expand the sphere of influence and then further expand their economy by getting more natural resources. So when they were planning for an invasion to take over all these areas in the South in Southeast Asia, Oceania, the Pacific and South Asia and East Asia generally, they realized that there would be a lot of naval combat against the Allies, which included Australia, which was right there, the United States, which had bases in the Pacific, and the Great and Great Britain, which had tons of colonies in that area, and all of them had very strong navies. Well, on the other hand, the Japanese had a rather weak navy, so they realized that if they wanted to have a chance at winning battles against the navies of the Allies, they had to destroy the biggest allied naval fleet. At that point, the biggest allied naval fleet in the Pacific was the U.S. naval fleet at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. It was, Hawaii at the time was a U.S. territory and they had a big naval base there and then at the point at this point, the U.S. was not in World War II, but he w- they were allied with the Allies as they were supplying them with food, weapons, and more. Because of co- recent conflicts between the U.S. and the Japanese, the U.S. had a trade embargo on the Japanese, which was starting to make the Japanese um, economy kind of um, die out. So... To, in resistance to that, and also in hopes to destroy the Pacific Fleet, at 7:55 a.m., Jap- the Japanese lo- um, sent two aircraft carriers out into the Pacific, carrying tons of um, Japanese aircraft. And then, once they were, once the aircraft carriers got relatively close to Pearl Harbor, they sent out the first wave of some um, planes and submarines out into the Pacific. Then. About an hour later, they sent the second wave of planes out to the Pacific, heading towards Pearl Harbor for the Japanese attack. It had been months in planning, and finally it was happening. The U.S. knew that the Japanese were planning an attack, but they thought it would be somewhere in on the East Coast. There would be maybe planes, or there would be some attacks in Europe. But, surprisingly, 
the U.S. hit, the Japanese hit straight on Hawaii, and it was kind of a great target for them, just a big bullseye waiting to be attacked, because all the ships were anchored at Pearl Harbor waiting for inspection, everybody was singing their national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, and the it was kind of undefended, there were just ships sitting there and all of the U.S. battleships, so it was an extremely easy target for the Japanese. And the Japanese's goal of the attack was to completely destroy the Allied Navy. So, after months of planning, finally the bombs set out, 7.55 a.m., bombs and bullets were raining everywhere in Pearl Harbor, it was complete madness, it was a total surprise attack. So that first wave, no Japanese planes really got um, shot, um, shot down. The Japanese had three types of fighter planes they were using. The first, um, the first ones were nicknamed O's, and they could move with optimal speed and ease, and th- well, and they could dive high and low, well, with well firing mach- heavy machine gun fire from both their wings. At the time, no U.S. planes could have the agility and movement of the Zeros. Dive bombers, nicknamed Vals, had small bombs hidden under their wings and a big one in the underneath the belly of the plane. They could dive low and hit targets with accuracy and tons of power. And there was all the Jap- the third and last type of plane the Japanese used in the Pearl Harbor attacks were high altitude bombers, nicknamed Capes. They dropped seventeen thousand bombs from high altitudes, gaining speed as they plunged down to the ground. Other kites dropped torpedoes made for the Pearl Harbor shallow waters. But bombs and bullets had been raining for the first 15 minutes of the attack at 8.10 up until a high altitude bomber, one of the kites, dropped a 17,000 pound bomb on the USS Arizona battleship in the front ammunition area. And since the fire and the fuel of the bomb Combined with the torpedo, there was a devastating explosion. The ship sank, and it there was a thousand men on board. All of them either died from the explosion or died when the ship sank. This then, by the time the second wave of the attack, all U.S. battleships that were there were severely damaged. The all, the battleships that were at Pearl Harbor that day were the USS Arizona, the USS Oklahoma, the USS California, the USS West Virginia, the USS Utah, the USS Maryland, the USS Pennsylvania, the USS Tennessee, and the USS Nevada. All of them were eventually repaired and put back into use except the USS Utah and the USS Arizona. Total In total, at Pearl Harbor, 20 U.S. ships were um, taken down. 300 U.S. planes, 2,403 sailors, and civilians' lives were taken, and a thousand Amer- innocent American lives were uh, w- Americans were wounded from the attacks. The first wave of the attacks, the Japanese found um, faced no injuries, no losses, or anything. But the second wave, some people were more prepared. They thought a second wave was coming. So when that came, then people, some heroic people stepped up, got machine guns ready, and they started shooting up right into the sky, and started um, shooting out some Japanese um, 
some Japanese planes, but in total Japan Japan only lost lost twenty nine planes and five midget submarines, and one Japanese pilot was caught alive by U.S. troops and held as a prisoner of war. But the good news was, at that time in the nineteen forty and nineteen forty one, aircraft carriers were very important way of naval travel, and there was also a lot of aircraft on those um aircraft carriers. And at that on, on December seventh, where when Pearl Harbor happened, um all the aircraft carriers were not in um Pearl Harbor that day, so that saved the U.S. from so much damage and trouble. But all other good news was that the Japanese left the oil storage, repair shops, shipyards, and sub submarine docks untouched. The U.S. Navy was re- repaired all the damaged battleships besides, like I said before, the USS Utah and the USS Arizona, and they were ready for battle in no time. And now they were against the um, Japanese. On December 8th, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the President of the United States at the time, addressed Congress and said, Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, is the day that will lie in infamy. He had a long speech and essentially he requested um, Congress to declare war. And eventually Congress did decide they would declare war. So that day, December 8th, the United States declared war on Japan and the UK's Prime Minister Winston Churchill also declares war on Japan at that point because even they hadn't previously declared war on Japan even though they were somewhat fighting a war against Japan because of the tripartite pact between Germany, Italy, and Japan. So they were fighting against Japan somewhat but now that it was officially they were in war. And at the same time, for no reason since because of the tripartite pact, Germany, Italy, and Japan, Hitler... Germany declared war on the United States, fully submerging the United States into World War Two, making it essentially, yeah. So then, next episode, next World War Two episode for World War Two Part Six, it's gonna be. Well, today was Part Five slash Pearl Harbor or whatever. So for next episode, World War Two Part. Six, we're going to be talking about how the U.S. started sending troops into Europe and, you know, the process of that. I hope you guys really enjoyed watching this episode of The Geopolitical. And again, thank you so much for the support lately, watching all the episodes. And I will see you next time. Remem- reminder, I, my new upload schedule has me posting Sundays and Wednesdays. So tune in every Sunday and Wednesday towards the night time. And it's going to be really fun. And thank you so much for the support again. And peace out.